Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken. We're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio, and I have an exciting guest for you. He's been on the show before. His name is John Rossman. He's the author of four books. You may remember when we had him on uh, talking about the Amazon way and think like Amazon. He's a former Amazon executive. He works with the Gates Foundation. This guy is one smart dude, and he has written another book. I love this book, Big Bet Leadership. And we're going to learn all about that in just a moment. First, a big announcement. And if you've listened to the show before, you know what it is. If you have a great story, an amazing story, and you want to share it, or you have a question, please reach out to me on any of the social channels. I am everywhere. I'll either respond to the question right there on this show in my newsletter, The Shepherd Letter, or on my TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home. And that can be found on Amazon Prime, uh, Apple TV, Roku, and you can get episodes at BeAmazing.com. That is BeAmazing.com. All right, let's get into the interview. John Rossman is amazing. John, welcome to the show. Shep, it's great to be on Amazing Business Radio again. Thanks for welcoming me. Uh, again, I believe you are a three-peat offender. I hope that's a rarefied club. So so it is. I don't think anybody's been on more than three times, and they're usually my really, really close friends. So I want to know when we're getting together next. Right on, right on. <laughs> And this is honestly, this is the only time we've ever met is when we do these shows. But I love your books, The Amazon Way, Think Like Amazon. Now you have this new book, Big Bet Leadership. Uh, the subtitle is Your Transformation Playbook for Winning in the Hyper Digital Era. And my gosh, are we in a digital era uh, today where so many things are happening in the world of AI and how it impacts customer service experience, sales forecasting, forecasting inventory. And people don't realize, and I'm breaking away from what I want to talk about, AI has been around a lot longer than people think. Yeah, it has. And the the preface of the book is frames kind of like the era that we're heading into. And, and what you said Netscape is where it started, I think. Yeah. And so, so usually the IPO of Netscape, which was in 1995, is used as kind of the starting gun for when this digital era started. And my hypothesis is, and I, and I break this open pretty thoroughly, is like, I think the last, call that 27, 28 years of digital transformation, that's going to seem like the warm-up innings for the next baseball game that's coming upon oh, us. Yeah. And, and, and that's why we have to get dramatically better at how we innovate, how we transform, because we're not today. Like we're, we're horrible at it. And, and that's the premise of the, of the book is like leaders have to get so much better at how they actually drive change. And that's why we wrote the book was to help leaders be much better at transformation. Wow. Wow. Very interesting. And, you know, on the idea of AI and, and I was fascinated that Netscape is where it started. It wasn't like, uh, was it Vint Cerf that invented the internet? I mean, I, it, yeah, he did, he did some of the protocols and everything. And again, like you can have reasonable arguments. It, it right. never was one thing and everything, but oftentimes the Netscape IPO, that's what started kind of the dot, the dot com. People understood. I mean, well, right. they understood it to a degree, but the public started Netscape was, was it a browser back then? Yeah, it was a, it yeah. was a browser. It was a browser, yeah. right? And again, like I use kind of the public release 
of Mm -hmm. chat GPT, which is in November of 2022. And I think in 10, 15 years, right. 10, 15 years, we'll look back. Maybe we don't even remember, maybe open AI isn't even around anymore, but we'll look back at that moment and go, oh, that was when the real AI infusion and impact really started to get real for everyone. And that, and that was, that will be looked as the symbolic start of what I have framed as the hyper digital era. Yep. And fascinating. All right. Uh, So the Amazon way, think like Amazon now, big bet leadership. Why this book? Why did you write the book? I think we've already touched on it, which is vast majority of transformations of, you know, a big bet is any concept, approach, project, strategy that we think has high potential for impacting our customers, impacting our business, but we know that there's material risk to it the vast majority of those fail. But we know that we have to keep doing them. In fact, we know we're going to need to do more of them. That's a tricky proposition, right? <laughs> 75 to 85 percent of these fail. Let's do more of it. But, yeah. but let's do more of it. Exactly. Like that's a really tricky, tricky proposition. And, and it gets even worse for, than that. They fail for lots of reasons. Like there's no one thing like, hey, we need to communicate better. We need to be more agile. We need to be more customer focused. There's not one thing we need to do. So we wrote the book. Uh, my co-author and I, we worked for and studied what we think are the big bet legends, like the, the leaders that systematically drive big bets. And Elon Musk, with, who Jeff are, Bezos. Like, who are the top three? I think well, I, the, could, the, I mean, I know what they are because they're in the book, but to who? Yeah. yeah. The, the, the ones that we modeled off of, were, there's four. So Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, John Ledger of T-Mobile, and right. Satya Nadella of Microsoft. And what we found was that they have a playbook and we focus in on three core habits that they do differently than other really good leaders. And so the whole book is told through the lens of how to actuate, how to create those three critical habits, which are create clarity, maintain velocity, and accelerate risk and value, deferring everything else. And it's those three critical habits that the whole book is told through. Wow. Uh, yeah. And it's very simple. So how does this all apply to customer service and experience? Well, you know, I think the absolute best transformations, the best big bets you can undertake are those that, you know, directly impact your customer. And so, you know, Amazon's uh, innovation and mindset is kind of work backwards. We call it thinking and outcomes. And thinking and outcomes is all about deeply understanding the problem your customer is trying to get done, the, the job your customer is trying to get done, making sure that it's a highly valuable problem, one that they'll pay for. So, so we sharpen this by helping by helping you ask what we think is a really critical question, which is what sucks, right? And the what sucks is for your customer. Like what, what is it that sucks for your customer? And then really honing in on the clarity around, well, what is that? What is that problem that they're trying to get done? What are the high risk points that need to be proven out before we commit big to this concept? And those those moves help start solving the riddle of how to be better at transformations. Yeah. I want to go back that you said thinking and outcomes. I read a great article the other day, and I'm going to start using this example as as I do more research. Walt Disney, uh, what did they call it? The desired path of the customer. Uh, Do you know about the concept of the desired path? No. So Walt Disney, when he built the first theme park, Disneyland, when it opened, there were no, it was not paved. And people, why wouldn't he do that? And there was a great reason. 
He wanted to see the desired path of the guest. After a while, you could see by looking at the trampled grass that eventually became dirt because it was used so much, it created a path. He goes, now we're going to go pave the park. Yeah. And, and I think that that is an example of the type of prototyping and testing and refinement that can be done before you make big commitments. And, right. and that is kind of one of the underlying themes of this is, you know, kind of think slow, act fast. The thinking slow piece is writing out what you envision the, the, the solution is to your customer's problem. And that's modeled off of Amazon's kind of famous memo writing process. And we, we specify four specific memos with purchase of the book. You get a, a set of resources that really take those memos and put them into action for you. But by writing those out, essentially you're experimenting before you even start really building something and that clarity of thinking and, and, simplifying as much as possible is like the real problem that you were trying to solve that solves, you know, so many of these transformations fail because we are vague. We are vague about the problem we're trying to solve. We are vague because of the future state that we are trying to, to get to. And we are vague about what are the high risk components that have to be tested before we commit to it? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about those memos for a moment. Can you give us some yeah. examples? I know I'm I'm looking through the book right now. By the way, beautiful book, well done. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, it, it's great. Very well. I mean, it's very easy to read too. I mean, it's a leadership book that it's. You know, well, well, one 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 of our design principles was, uh, you know, don't fail t on TLDR. Right, too long didn't read, and so it's a nice crisp book. It's a, it's a narrative. It's a narrative <laughs> story. It's a great audio book. We had a tremendous voice actor uh, do the book and everything. You got it, Fred Sanders. You and you didn't do it yourself. Uh, no, no, because I wanted a real professional to do it because I'm thinking about the listener here. And um, I think the listener so, wants to hear you. You're, you sound great. Well, th thank you. But I, I appreciate, I, I'm, uh, I read in chunks instead of specific words. And that causes a real problem when you're reading a book because you have to be, you have to say the exact word. I know, I know, it's in, in the to book. Do. And so I read part of Think Like Amazon, and it was really hard. It's like, hey, I'm leaving this to professionals because my brain doesn't work that way. But the the memos, and so kind of there's there's two core chapters. The first section of the book is called Big Bet Thinking, and the two chapters are Thinking and Outcomes and Play Checkers, Not Chess. And the whole underlying theory around this is that by writing out memos, and that's not just the writing, it's the debating of it, you sharpen your thinking and you make far better choices up front and you solve for this problem of vagueness in where we are going. The one appendix in the book is all the research. It's called Why Memos. It's all the research that mm -hmm. demonstrates why memos helps you both think better and communicate to all of your stakeholders so that you're actually talking about the same problem, the same hypotheses to the future, the same path towards testing and refining those. So the, the four memos that we talk about uh, in, in thinking and outcomes are the what sucks memo, right? The what sucks memo is what really focuses in on the customer problem we're trying to solve and the hypothesis to the killer feature. Like what's the thing that's going to get them to actually adopt your solution and the willingness to pay for it. The next memo is what we call the outcomes definition memo. This is where we take that killer feature and we actually create a value proposition for it. And with constrained numbers, 
what are the three to five high risk operational or conceptual um, components that have to work to make that outcome feasible? The third memo, I think this is this is the the understated huge innovation that we brought through this book is what we call the financial outcome memo. So I've, I've dealt with so many innovation programs that focus on customer experience, focus on employee experience, but they do not focus on cost model innovation. And they fail to understand that these transformations have to have a viable business model behind them to be sustainable. Because at some point, these big bets start taking um, significant resources and they get underpowered from a financial standpoint. So the financial outcome memo helps identify what the cost model innovation is. And again, what are the three to five high risk components that need to be tested? And then the last one is really straight from Amazon and it's the future press release. And this is kind of the capstone memo, the one that's easily circulated internally and to your partners. It's not a real press release, but it tells the story of the customer and what's going to delight them about this new, new future state. And then what are the couple of things that we had to do in order to, to solve for this? And, and that's the one that's easy to circulate uh, and everything. But it's through these memos that you start experimenting. That's the thinking slow that sets you up for the acting fast throughout the rest of the book. Wow. Well, let's take a short break. When we come back, I want to hit on the future press release. I want to expand on that. I also want to talk a little bit about play chess or play checkers, not chess, because so many people are thinking, no, play chess. Know what the sixth or seventh move is going to be. That's the way chess masters think. Maybe they think 10, 20 moves out. Uh, Minnesota Fats, um, who's the famous pool player, used to look at the pool table and know what all of his shots were going to be, not just the next shot or maybe the shot after that. So I think there's uh, an interesting concept that you're kind of counter uh, to these uh, to that way of thinking. Let's talk about that and a whole lot more. We are coming back in just a moment. Don't go away. One of my favorite sayings is that customer service isn't a department. It's a philosophy. And it's a philosophy that must be embraced by everyone in the organization all the time, and that's 24-7. So if customer service is important to you, and I know it is, then you will love our virtual training, the ultimate on-demand customer service and experience training program that you can access anytime, anywhere. Now, the course content applies to everyone, regardless of position and responsibility, from senior executives to the most recently hired and everyone in between. You'll discover tips, ideas, and strategies that won't cost your company a fortune, but will produce what I call moments of magic, those positive experiences, and it will happen at every level of your organization. So go to Customer Service VT. That's V as in virtual, T as in training. That's CustomerServiceVT.com. It's time to get customer focused. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We are back on Amazing Business Radio. We're talking with John Rossman, who is the author of a new book, Big Bet Leadership. You can get it on basically everywhere. And of course, Amazon, because he used to be an executive at Amazon. So he really knows how it all works. You, I told you we're going to break down two things. You said checkers, not chess. And then at the break, you went, oh my gosh. I didn't mean checkers, not chess. I meant chess, not checkers. Play chess, not checkers. Let's let's fix that and break it down for me. 
I did what I oftentimes do, which is I transpose a word and everything. So it is play chestnut checkers. And so and that's why this, you don't read your own audio books. That's right. That's that's why I don't read my own audio. Exactly. And um, and so the concept of this book, it's a lot of moves that I worked. So I got to be the senior technology advisor at the Gates Foundation and the Gates Foundation. They focus on truly like complex, wicked problems, wicked systems. And what people don't do is they don't focus in a real discrete or pinpointed manner. What can I learn from my competition that applies to this problem that I'm trying to solve for my customer? And so this chapter brings about two, two moves. The first is how to do better competitive intelligence, reverse engineering. Everybody builds on the shoulders of others, right? And so if I were thinking about, well, how do I create a far better kind of buy online, pick up in-store program or customer experience, I would go reverse engineer a company like Nordstrom, who I think does a great job at buy online, pick up in-store. And we give a specific set of techniques to do that, but I wouldn't stop there. The other thing I would do is think about your ecosystem, your partners, and what, it, what role do they play relative to creating the future environment, the future experience that you want. Well, that's really systems thinking. That's about a flywheel and understanding those. And so we put those two concepts together in play chess, not checkers, to help you think about the broader landscape and the forces that work for you and the forces that work against you and what you can learn from your competitors that apply to the concept that you're trying to think through really well before you commit to it. All right. Fixed and explained very, very well. <laughs> so thanks for doing that. Um, the future press release. The reason I wanted to go to that is because we believe it's important to get your employees to be excited about what's coming. And as I looked at this in the book and I heard you talk about it and and the way you explained it, it's a memo that goes out and lets people know what's going on and what's coming down the pipeline and what they should be excited about. What's next? Yeah, I mean, this technique, the future press release is specifically an Amazon technique, but that's actually built on top of uh, some other proven approaches that it's called backcasting, right? Mm -hmm. And what too many leaders do is they focus on what's called burning platform communications. We have to change. This won't work anymore. You know, here's the things we need to solve for. Those actually, when done, when that is solely the communication method is, it's it's very destructive to bring people along for the journey. The other type of unhelpful communication are vague notions of like, we're going to improve customer experience. We're going to you know, improve our sales. We're going to drive this growth program. Again, that can be interpreted a thousand different ways, and it is. So what a future press release does is it talks about the future, why your customers love it, the journey that you have to go on. Here's the things we have to prove. It it tells the story that this is truly a bet. We don't know exactly if this is going to work, but here's where we're going to try to get to. And then what their role can be in helping to establish that. And so it's a nice lighter way. It's, it's, it's designed as a press release, right? And so it starts in the future part, talking about the success that we have. Um, and it's a powerful mechanism. And here's one of the ways it's a powerful mechanism. You give that future press release and you say, this person is responsible for the mission. 
And so when this person is coming to talk to you about the mission of this future press release, guess what? We work for the mission. So we, we are working for this person in that moment. And it helps break down the organizational silos and all the friction and everything. We work for the mission, not for your organization, not for just for your team. And so it helps cut across the organizational silos that impede us to making faster progress. Yeah, I was recently working with a client, a larger client, and they asked, do we need to bring the different division heads into the meeting? I said, you know, well, which ones do you not want to step into this role? One of the things we believe when we come to creating a, a service culture, typically we can find the, we, we call it the mantra, the one statement that makes it clear where we're going, that North Star, you used that word before. We can typically find that in a mission and value statement that's already there. It just needs to be pulled out and turned into one sentence. And right. then, you know, well, do we need to train everybody? Well, it's like, um, it's like, do I need to floss all my teeth? Well, only the ones you want to keep, you know? <laughs> so we have a specific chapter and technique in the book about gaining true senior executive alignment. So many of these transformations, like everybody is kind of nodding their head at the table. Yep, I get it, kind of, you know, and everything. Mm -hmm. And they, they don't want to be the naysayer in the room. And so there's some ways we call it canary in the coal mine. How do you flush out the poisonous odorless gases early so that you can actually deal with them. And so we have a, we have a technique for doing that because it's a very real factor, which is gaining not just executive alignment, but you need to get them to grok to truly understand like, Hey, here's where we're going on this and everything. And here's going to be the implications and role that you play any of these transformations, it impacts everybody, right? There's, there can be an organization that's leading it, but it's never, it's not, it almost by definition is not a transformation if it doesn't impact every part of an organization. Right. It has to, it has to permeate. And every employee needs to understand their role in customer experience. All right. I want to focus now on a cool idea that you have in the book. It's the chief repeating officer. I don't think you've hit on yeah. that one yet. Uh, redundancy. No, I, it, it, I mean, I assume uh, this is like, let's get the message loud and clear over and over again uh, so that people get it. You got to live it, breathe it, say it again and again. And that is the essence of the point, but it's, well, what are you communicating? Right. And so we talked about the fact that these burning platform messages, these vague notions of what the future is actually work against um, where we're going. And the fact that they don't hint at, they don't talk about like, well, this is a high risk move. And so here are the things we're doing to de-risk it. It may or may not work out. They talk about them with certainty that actually works against like the agile nature of testing that you need to do. And so of all of Jeff Bezos' superpowers that I I saw, I, I thought it was always his ability to be on point at the right level to the right audience and to repeat that the, the appropriate mantra at the right time. And that's mm -hmm. what the essence of the chief repeating officer is. But guess what? We've helped make it easy because of through all the course of the activities, the memos, the, the clarity that we have talked about in creating, you have a quiver of communications that are ready to go to help you be the on-point chief repeating officer that is a critical element of driving these transformations. Right. You used the great word just now, quiver, a quiver of not arrows, but all of the of the all of the tools that you have, which I love about the book is that there's a lot of ideas to choose from. I can't imagine anybody could do all of them. And I don't expect you would expect 
anybody to do all of them. But if you can't pull two or three items out of this book that just make you go, wow, this is going to change the organization if I can push this through. So we are basically out of time. And what I want to do is ask you the final question. It's always a one thing question. So let's go to the book, Big Bet Leadership, and tell me one last big idea that you want us to bet on. Well, these big bets, they're not only important and high risk for the organization, they're important and high risk for the individuals that are leading them. And so this book is written for both organizational success, but to help the senior leaders do an increasingly important aspect of their job, which is to lead big bets, because it can make or break your career. And so, you know, we write this for the people that are actually leading these big bet transformations. All right. I'm going to just summarize by saying this. If you are a senior leader and you don't get this book, your career could be over. How's that? We tried, we, we tried to help. <laughs> we, we tried I should, to help. You should use that and put it on the new cover that you designed for the next edition because that's what it is. It, you know, either read it or perish. <laughs> <laughs> well, my 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 favorite uh, kind of blurb or endorsement for the book was written by Dr. Mark Goldston. You may know him. He's a psychiatrist and negotiation expert and everything. He he wrote a book called Talking to Oh, I should know it, but I, I forget. Talking to they they're uh, talking to somebody. Talking to somebody, yeah. But what Mark <laughs> wrote was he goes he goes ninety percent of people want to change. Only ten percent are willing to do it. And this book is for those ten percent who are actually willing to change their playbook. Love it. Love it. Again, the book is Big Bet Leadership. You can get it everywhere, especially Amazon by our friend, John Rossman. Thanks for being on the show. Chef, great to be on Amazing Business Radio. All right. We love it. And it's another episode wrapped up. Next week, we'll have another great interview. Until that time, this is Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.